You're listening to the Knowing Motherhood Podcast. I'm your host, Linnell Peters, and it's an honor to walk alongside you in motherhood, whether the journey is just beginning or you're right in the thick of it. I believe that your worth as a mother is not based on your performance and that your greatest strength is the love that you have for your children, whether they're in your arms or only in your heart. My prayer is that this little corner of the podcast world will leave you feeling more equipped, more hopeful, and less alone than when you arrived. Hey everybody, welcome back to the Knowing Motherhood podcast. You are listening to episode 29. Have you ever listened to someone share their personal story of struggle and thought, wow, is she talking about herself or me? That was my experience during today's conversation with returning guest, September McCarthy. September is the author of the book, Why Motherhood Matters, and she joined me to share her journey of blessing and hardship in motherhood back in February, February of 2020. She is the mother of 10 children, and she has just as many grandchildren. September is very passionate about her role as a homeschool mom and provides resources and support to families through her amazing online shop, September & Co. In today's conversation, September and I dive into a very important topic that is very personal to both she and I, something I've wanted to focus on here at Knowing Motherhood for quite some time, and that topic is hormonal imbalance. Hormones affect every part of our mental, emotional, and physical health and are often ignored by the professionals we see for our healthcare support. Medication for anxiety or devices to control bleeding are often resorted to first to fix an imbalance, but as you will hear in today's discussion, there is a better way and it starts with the acknowledgement of something being off in our bodies and then taking the time to be educated like you're doing now. Balancing hormones takes time, but it can be done and positive life-changing results are possible, as September can testify to. While neither September nor I are medical professionals, we do believe that this conversation is very important, and so I'm really grateful to be sharing our conversation with you today. September, welcome back to the podcast. It's so good to have you here. Thank you. I'm so honored to be part of this recording today. This is a, a a conversation or a topic that I, like I was just saying to you before we started recording, that I have been wanting to cover for a very long time. Um, hormonal imbalance is a huge part of my own life story, and um, it's it's something that I'm still pursuing getting answers from. So when you um, opened up publicly on your own platform and started talking about this earlier this year, I just thought, oh, man, you know, I'm so grateful that you're talking about it. Was it difficult to, to do that? It took a lot of um, decision. Like I had to really make a firm decision to share things about that on social media and on my platforms because as much as women want to talk about this, it really is not talked about much. And I think that's why mm-hmm. um, I was in such shock facing a reality that I was not aware of. But I had to really be okay with sharing personal things on, a, yeah. you know, on a platform. It's a lot different 
to share something with your friends or to talk about it, you know, over coffee with someone or even with your doctor versus telling thousands and thousands of people um, that you're going through this and that and how it affects your health as a woman. So it was, it was a little difficult. It took me some, um, you know, prayer and talking to my husband and deciding how I would share. But in the end, my goal was to help uh, and encourage other women. And so I've decided just to begin the conversation. I love that. For those who aren't familiar with you and who, you know, haven't listened to our previous conversation on the podcast together, um, can you just share a little bit about yourself and your family and what some of your current callings are? Sure. Yes. So uh, my husband and I have been married 32 years and we have 10 children, seven girls, which is why this topic of female, female health and hormones is really important to me. Um, and then we have three boys and uh, we've had a, a journey of loss, which I think I shared about in a previous recording or podcast episode here with you. So we've experienced um, quite a few miscarriages and infant loss. And then um, I'm a homeschooling mom. I've been homeschooling 26 years and I can't say all of those years were easy, but I wouldn't change a thing. And I'm still homeschooling. So we have six graduated and four um, four kids left at home to raise. So I think I'll be doing this a long time. I, my oldest is 30 and my youngest is 11. And um, my current callings right now, I'm um, I have a business online. It's called September and Co. And that's a shop that I've been called to for homeschooling and education uh, materials for homeschooling families and non-homeschooling families. And I create the materials. They're Bible-based. Some of them, some are educationally based. Um, and then, of course, I wrote a book. So that's in my shop as well. And we travel and I speak. So I've been called to speak. And um, my latest calling and that I'm heavily entrenched up to my eyeballs in right now is a new hybrid homeschooling center that I started with my oldest daughter, Sarah, and she and I are directors of this and it's growing and it's just an amazing blessing in our family for my kids as well. So that is what I'm doing currently. Of course, I'm a Nana. I have 10 grandchildren and that's my biggest joy, I think, actually. <laughs> It's amazing. It's amazing. Um, how, I, I just have to ask it. How do you find the balance? That's the big conversation that so many women have. Um, but, and you're pretty open about the, the, some of those struggles. You've been so good at, at just being so real about the seasons where it's a little bit more difficult and then when it feels like it's just flowing. But what some of those? What are the, some of those little secrets to to achieving balance so that you can do the things you feel called to, and be present the way that you are with your children and your grandchildren, and your husband. Right. Well, I think the most important thing, if anyone's listening today that has a young family, is to know that you're listening to me now, when my oldest is thirty. So I, the things that I've been called to. I lived out in smaller spaces while my family was young. So now I'm doing those things in a bigger area to more people. 
but I did the same things in smaller spaces to smaller groups of people when my family was younger. So it's not that we can't do anything and we can't do it all. It's just for um, a season, I think we just have to remember where we are in, in every season. And so um, right now I have more flexibility. I have more time because my youngest is 11. I'm not doing a lot of caregiving. I'm doing a lot more um, mothering and guiding and teaching. And that is, um, you know, gives me more time physically. But I think when women think, how do you do all of that? Um, some things have to go. And my husband and I shifted to areas in our life. But for me, my top priorities are always um, my walk with Jesus. And if that somehow is suffering, then something has to go. And then, of course, my family, my older children and my grandchildren, and then anything work-related um, comes after that. So, yep, it is hard to navigate all of that, but I have a really great support system. So I think that's another thing to consider is um, having a good support system to try to find balance. And then, of course, remembering my health, which is what we're going to talk about more today, I think. And that, uh, over the years, I've had to protect and safeguard uh, more importantly than anything, actually. So I have some markers set up for that. And when I find myself off balance in any of those areas, whether it's time, my family, my health, then I just um, pivot and I change and I and I rearrange things. And sometimes I say I can't I can't do that. But these are the things that have fit into this season of my life. Um, two three years ago, they would not have worked. I wouldn't have been able to do those things with boundaries that I set up. But right now, that's that's where we are, and it's a blessing. And I love how you were talking about the willingness to let go of things because I I would say that at this stage in life, so my youngest is four he'll be going into kindergarten in the fall and so then there will my life is going to change there's going to be more space available but um you know there's there's almost a bit of a, a sadness in my spirit these days realizing that I'm just now learning to really wholeheartedly let go of things in order to have time for the more important. Whereas years back when I was immersed in my small businesses, I felt very bound to them, probably more than I realized at the time. And I love that you shared that because I would reiterate that again. I would uh, would just emphasize again that that for young moms listening is so important. If you have the ability, be willing to let go and not cling to those things so tightly Um, and there's lots of reasons for that but man the freedom that comes with allowing ourselves the time and space when we need it in the seasons of life when it's the most important that's so huge right and I do want to I do want to say to mom of course like you said yeah oh go ahead yeah nope you go ahead (laughs) okay I I was just gonna say I I think um sometimes we actually forget what we can do when we have kids. I think sometimes we realize Mm -hmm. our passions and pursuits can be done with our family. I wrote a chapter about that in my book. Not all things, not especially if they're work-related or like you were saying, businesses. Some things can though, but there were so many things I felt boxed um, out of, like serving or ministry or um, hospitality, things that we kind of say, well, I, I can't do any of those things things that I love until my kids are older. So there, I think there are some things and I think that's another great conversation. I'm really passionate about that. You know, with my, all of my kids, I try to show them that my life is, um, 
you know, I, I've given my life to them to raise them, but I'm not here to serve them. And so, you know, I'm here, I'm here for them. I tell them, but you know, I have other things that God wants me to do and they can do those things with me. Most of those things, but it's really just, um, a shaping of, of our, our time and our motherhood. And I feel like when we do that, that's a true surrender of allowing our family to, um, work as a team, you know, and, and that's where a lot of that, um, people look and they say, well, I don't know how she does all that. Well, a lot of those things I did do were with my family because I thought my family can learn to do these things also. So I'd encourage anyone listening, you know, if they have a young family, maybe figure out how you can do it together. And sometimes we don't feel so, you know, tied down. Mm, I love that so much. There's such a, it is, like you said, such an important conversation, this, you know, learning to, learning to um, just find that balance that as it works for our own families, for our own health. Um, and today, as you said, we're talking about hormonal imbalance and the way that that affects all of these parts of our lives and the way that we function physically and think and our, our mental health. Every part of us is affected by hormones. So let's jump right into your story um, and tell me just how has hormonal imbalance affected your life um, and, you know, is this something that has existed for a long time and where did the education start for you? When did you start to realize, Hey, I need, I need to start understanding more about this. What was that moment where your eyes were open to hormonal imbalance? I'd love to hear about that. Yeah, well, it's quite a story and we can't of course cover years of time, but I will say that, um, Sometimes we're looking for that moment, you know, when, and I can actually share that there was a moment, but it was actually, and I don't want to say too late, but it was actually long into the process where my hormone imbalance had been affecting me for so long that the moment was actually in like a pit of despair moment. It wasn't, oh, I think that there's something wrong or something going on. I should probably look into this. It was... Um, it had basically rocked my world completely off its axis, to be honest. I was not prepared at all um, for entering perimenopause, menopause. I wasn't prepared for pregnancy, um, hormones. I wasn't educated, and who really is? Um, and I walked through a living night nightmare in the strange version of me, and I didn't even know. It affected me mentally. It affected me spiritually. And, of course, it affected me physically, and this is the key that I think any woman listening or even someone else that could help someone, I had become an aversion of myself that I didn't even recognize, that I didn't like, and I honestly, I could not manage. So the key pivotal moment that I realized that something was wrong is I was saying, like literally saying to my husband, and I said this numerous times, and he finally said, you keep saying these words to me. I was saying... I feel like a stranger in my body. And I kept saying that. And he's, he said, you know, you keep telling me this. It's, we've been on this long journey. Something's not right. Why don't you find some help? That's what it took for me. But I'm a long sufferer. Like I'll go a long time ignoring issues on my, of my own. And I, and I bet a lot of women do that. I've got my hand up over here, so I totally get it. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, you know, I think we do that. We put everyone first or we try to, and our, our needs are always last. And we're so busy sometimes, or we're so focused on other people and those things that are important. 
in our lives that we don't see or notice. Um, but I think what happened is now that I'm on a healing journey for my hormones, my women's health, things like that, um, was it going on for a long time? Was it a lifelong struggle? Um, looking back and now seeing the symptoms, seeing the signs, and now learning and studying um, and healing, I can see that this has been a long a lifelong thing and no one caught it no one pointed it out to me no one said this is probably what's going on no one checked things no one said um, you're probably out of balance in this area everything else was just kind of given a band-aid and I think that there's so many things about women's health and hormones perimenopause menopause that are overlooked in the name of <clears throat> excuse me overlooked in the name of maybe um, irregular cycles or um, anxiety or depression or postpartum postpartum depression or um, you know just all of the things bloating or headaches and I mean you could you could narrow it down to so many symptoms but I think that so many things are labeled as something else and it's really our hormones and you know our body functions at a level of um, coordination you know God made it that way on purpose so if our hormones are out of balance then our thyroid is affected. And if our thyroid is affected, our adrenals are affected. And of course, stress and all those things affect those things as well. But hormones are really the baseline that affect so many things in our body. Uh, and I think that if women could begin discussing the symptoms and the signs and how to get help and where to get help and what they could do differently, I think that there would be a lot more healthy mentally, physically, and emotionally women in our circles. Why do you think it takes so long for so many women, including yourself, to have that realization that there's something going on? Is it that the symptoms are not so extreme, do you think, that they, that they do kind of just get pushed to the wayside or they just figure, oh, this is just whatever, you know, this is just something that's part of my own personal struggle, but there's just not a name for it. So they can't give it any more attention than that. What do you think? What are the reasons that so many women don't, don't get a, a proper attention medically for this? Well, I think there's three things. I think the first thing is, is that women don't go to the doctor unless it is really bad. So, you know, if you, if you have headaches, you take something for it, whether it's a natural supplement or um, a medicine or um, a nap, you know, like we treat ourselves for a long time until things are bad. And when they're bad, then we go to the doctor. So we go to the doctor for headaches, for example, and they start looking at an MRI or tension or stress and they give us a pill and a diagnosis and cut out caffeine, you know, things like that. Yeah. But no one ever looks at the deeper issues that are causing these things that we've ignored for a long time. So we go to the doctor for one thing or we go to the doctor for two small things and we don't consider them related. So I think that's the first thing that we wait so long to go to the doctor. The second thing is when we do go to the doctor or anyone, uh, we are not diagnosed correctly. And I think the third thing is that uh, we don't know the symptoms for hormone imbalance and perimenopause and menopause and anything like that. So um, we're just kind of unaware that these we can be helped in these things, whether it's um, 
chronic cycle pain or it's um, infertility or miscarriage, you know, you go to the doctor because you have a miscarriage and uh, they don't do anything other than make sure you're okay and console you the way they do. And that's the end of that. No one checks your hormones, right? Um, So there's a lot of things that um, are unchecked. And I, and I feel that that's the problem. That's really where things begin. And that was my situation. Looking back, um, all of our pregnancy loss, all of my miscarriage. And it wasn't until, you know, I was maybe on miscarriage number, what was my last baby? My last baby, uh, number 10, my midwife, finally at this point in my stage of my health journey, I had kind of gravitated to more natural inclination of healing myself and integrative medicine where I could learn more about my body. And I began studying. Someone said, we're going to check your hormones. And um, they said, well, your progesterone is really, really, really low. And I'm looking over your records and I'm guessing that you've had this issue for years and years. Did anyone ever tell you, you know, and low progesterone can cause be a cause it can't you know not always but be a cause of or contribute to miscarriage absolutely and and right but no one ever checked that you know and Mm. and so we're looking at the big diagnosis let's say you know i had these miscarriages perhaps because my progesterone was low but i was also experiencing other things in my body outside of pregnancy because of low progesterone and this has been going on my whole life uh so now i have grown daughters and teenage daughters and i can it's like handwriting on a wall you know they tell me that that they feel xyz and i said we're definitely going to get your hormones checked you know when they're young and now we see a pattern in our family all the all the females in our family have low progesterone and so it's been very interesting journey and uh and i'm hoping that women listening to this episode will be motivated to really sit down and take a big picture at small symptoms that we kind of rub, you know, rub off our shoulder, like, you know, because of stress or because I'm a mom or because I'm tired or just to really kind of track and pay attention. You know, I'm so excited sitting here right now because I'm, I, again, like I, you know, I've shared with you that this, this is a huge part of my own life and my own story. And I'm right now, actually, yesterday, I just went and got blood work done. Um, because we're starting the process again to check, we're doing a a hormone level check for me, because I have some major uh, issues that I've dealt with for almost three decades now. And I'm at the point in life where I'm not willing to, to, to deal with those things anymore. If, if, and if I need to take a, a more extreme measure, meaning, uh, you know, an actual procedure uh, to, to take care of this, a surgery to take care of this, I'm going to do it because it's affected our life for too long. And now that we're finished, you know, growing our family, you know, the only part of our, you know, it's hard on the kids that mom has this up and down low energy. It's hard on the, my husband that, um, I I struggle with, um, dysfunctional uterine bleeding and things like this. And so, and I just said it, I, uh, you know, dysfunctional uterine bleeding. And that is a really huge part of my own story. And it's a huge symptom. Um, and we've also gone through losses as well. Um, so let's jump into 
your symptoms? Because I know that's the question that women listening have. What are the symptoms? What am I looking for? So whatever you feel comfortable sharing, could you let us let us into that the more specifics of that picture of what you've dealt with yourself? Mm-hmm. Well, I'm going to begin at the end because now I'm on a journey of healing and awareness, but I want to begin at the very worst place so that and work backwards because it'll help um, people to see what happens when you don't do something. So I literally felt, and, and I'm, I'm now I'm going to share it. I'm now 51. So, um, you know, and I've had a long journey of pregnancy. So I've had a lot of pregnancies and, um, I literally have never felt the most unhealthy and the most mentally unstable, the most emotionally unstable, physically unable to help my body anymore than last year. So I didn't even recognize myself. Like I am a healthy eater. Um, I, uh, you know, we have more of a natural food approach. I walk and exercise. I'm an exercise. I've always been able to maintain my weight. Like I don't have pre-existing. just for anyone that, you know, doesn't know me listening to this. I wasn't coming from an unhealthy place. Um, before this happened. So everything kind of knocked me off my feet. I began to feel, um, I was dealing with anxiety, like huge bouts of anxiety. I couldn't travel anymore. I began to have uncontrolled bleeding, um, even more like they had to try and help me with that. Um, and all of these things were, my marriage was affected. My parenting was affected. I couldn't spend time around people. Um, my heart would race. I was having, of course, hot and cold flashes, but that wasn't extreme as, you know, some of the other symptoms. And I just thought, oh, you know, I'm getting a little older. I must be dealing with anxiety and I must be, I started gaining some weight, which was very frustrating no matter what I did, uh, which has never been a real struggle for me, thankfully. But all of these things I just thought must be, must be, this is what it's like to turn 50. Sadly, I think a lot of women do that. You know, this must what it this must be what it's like to and put your own phrase in there. Maybe you would say, "Must be this is what pregnancy does to our bodies," or "Oh, this must be postpartum depression," or "This and I have to suffer through it." I think in our minds we think we just have to suffer, we just have to suffer through it. And so finally, my husband said, um, because it was affecting our marriage so greatly, he said, I think it's time that we get some help. And I really do trust my husband. And I know not everyone has that situation, but he knows me so well. And I trust him to tell me when I need help. And so I dug in and I found an integrative doctor and we talked about this, but look, yeah, and it's been super helpful and I'll share what we did, but um, the, the emotional, mental instability, the, the gaining weight, the feeling miserable, um, anxiety and depression, those were not normal things for me. So they caught me off guard, but looking back, you know, I had irregular uterine bleeding. I was having iron transfusions, blood transfusions for 12 years. You, and you would think someone would say, we need to figure out what's wrong with you, but nope. We just did all of those treatments for 12 years. I was severely anemic. Um, ended up in the emergency room, almost lost my life because it affected my heart many times, but no one ever said, let's check your hormones. And so it it was extreme. And even myself, because of this unaware, I call hormones the secret agent, like they're there, but we're not noticing them. And they really affect so many things. 
So this journey to getting some help and checking my hormones and trying some things have has been a journey in its own. Um, but I think the number one thing, like you're saying, it's affecting your family, it's affecting your body, it's affecting your motherhood. Why do we wait so long? Even myself, like look how many years I waited. Um, and I think it's because the conversation isn't, you know, um, happening. And that's why I'm so glad we're talking about this today. So for me, symptoms would have been irregular cycles, um, a huge change in my mental and emotional responses to people. Like my emotional and mental responses to my husband were not my normal responses. Um, I would become frustrated and I would cry more. Um, I would have a lot of um, back discomfort and uterine discomfort. Um, I wasn't sleeping at night. I began to have severe insomnia. Those are some symptoms that I experienced and just, you know, kind of thought, well, this is what it's like to be in menopause. And, and it is, it is what it's like, but we don't have to suffer through it. And that's the difference. I think, I think talking about something that is going to happen and it will, and, and then thinking about how we can go through it, um, better rather than suffering. And I think that's the key. I wrote down some of the symptoms. Um, you're so you're you you're ten years ahead of me, and I just turned forty one. And I'm looking at this list, and I, I wrote down multiple losses: low pro- progesterone, anxiety, dysfunctional uterine bleeding, hot flashes, weight gain, um, and I, <laughs> I feel like I, this list is one I would write for myself at forty one, and. Um, and then also, you know, healthy eating um, and, and exercising being, you know, just usually energetic. You know, I've always played so much with my children. Um, and I and like you, September, I've also always been able, I've always been able to maintain my uh, regular, like consistent weight until about two years ago. And there, for me, my within my situation, there's a few different factors that play into uh, some of that. One is one is a medication that I had to go on. Um, so there's a few maybe slightly different things there. However, I have felt the exact same thing. It's all, when you said this earlier, it almost almost got me a little choked up. But not feeling at home in your own body, that has been so. Oh, it's just so relatable. Uh, for me at this stage and that's why I'm back on this journey again too because I'm I've said to my husband I'm done I'm not doing this anymore I know that this this the these symptoms all of this is a result of of something deeper within the 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 intricacies of of hormonal imbalance going on in my body and I have to be willing to do now what it takes to get better but I think the hard part sometimes especially for those of us who have overall taken care of our bodies well and have not struggled with weight gain we haven't right we've, we've made the choices that feel right it's so frustrating in a sense because we we think we've done what we need to do and to change the mindset that there's actually still more though that I have to do now. I have to do more to be healthy. It's hard to get there. And I don't know if you relate to this at all, but for me, it's been a process of looking at my my body and my overall health differently now and saying, 
I can't just rely on the patterns that I had in place before because now I have to do more. Um, do you did you find that that was a part of it for you as well that you you had to get to a place mentally where you were willing to look at it look at your own health differently? Does that make sense the way I phrase that? Yes, one hundred percent, one hundred percent. I now look at my health um, as I feel well. I'm I'm doing the best that I can, and I'm whole. Like it's not. Oh, I'm in a, I'm two sizes larger in my clothes. It's a very huge mental shift because we are becoming different. I mean, God did have a plan for our bodies to change. And it's not that we're fighting the changes, but we're really just trying to do our best. And so I'm constantly reminding myself, it's a huge mental shift that not only am I doing my best now, and I have to remember that is that yes, things are different now, like where I could walk before and use that my daily walking as a way to manage, um, you know, maybe my size or how I felt. Now I have to do a few things extra and maybe I have to remember to take my hormones and I have to remember to take an extra nap or, you know, this is, this is what womanhood is. It is a God made us so intricately fine and beautiful to give life. Um, if we, if we do, and if we can't, he gave us the ability to, um, womanhood is beautiful. And the problem is, is it becomes our, in our minds, our enemy. We think this is horrible. It's not fun, or this is hard to be a woman. And I am now in this place in my, you know, this new season, perimenopause, menopause, to not look at it as, well, I'm going through the change and I guess this is how it's going to be. Like I want to, I want to, um, get to optimal health, but it doesn't, that doesn't mean opt optimal convenience, optimal appearance of what my mind has always told me is, you know, the best. And so I've had to really shift my mindset to thinking, now I'm going to have to do things differently, not, well, everything I did before and that was my best worked. Now it's, I'm just going to have to do something different. Now it's different. Um, and yeah. so I think we begin to see our bodies differently, appreciate who God made us to be when we have to um, embrace that. It's not, I think we kind of take for granted um, before we have to do these things, you know, the amazingness of, of how we've been created. What are some things that you've been learning about hormones specifically that are helping you to shift that mindset and to do the things that you need to do? What are some of the things that you've been taught? And maybe if you don't mind, can you share a little bit more about your your integrative um, health practitioner um, and the differences that you've experienced in that level of care in comparison to maybe some of the medical doctors that you've seen um, in the past? Yeah. Well, I think um, some things I've learned are that, and I shared one earlier, is that imbalanced hormone, you can't fix everything at once. So I think if you're taking notes to this episode, that would be the first thing. And I, I and my integrative doctor taught me that because when we did some really deep dives into my blood work and he looked at the numbers differently than a normal doctor would, and we could talk about that sometime or maybe another time, um, he said, so he said, I see that your hormones are off, your thyroid's off. Um, your adrenals are off, which I already knew those things. I've been working on those things slowly through the years. But he said, we we can't fix 
everything at one time, which was very interesting to me. I just, we're in the medical mindset or any mindset, even at home with, you know, let's say we're making a meal. We just think we can bring everything together and it can be fixed. And it's not that way with our health because you have to fix one concrete thing, which will improve the health of another thing. Um, in most of our mindsets, I think, well, we'll take a thyroid pill, a hormone pill, an adrenal supplement, and then we'll be great. But he said, we're going to heal your hormones. And then in a couple of months, we're going to look at them again and see how that's affected your thyroid. And then we'll, we'll work on feeling your thyroid. And then those two things will work together and those will help your adrenals, you know, and maybe not necessarily in that order, but that's how this works. And I learned that. So it's been a slow process. It's not a quick bandaid, which I think in our culture, in the modern world, we're used to that, you know, just a quick, yeah, we, want, we want the quick fix. Yeah. Right. So you have to look at it as, okay, um, something's going on. I've made the decision to treat myself slowly and intentionally, and I'm going to be along for the journey. Otherwise it could get a little frustrating because sometimes you have to change things, you know, and see how your body responds. Because if you think about it, our patterns have been in, our bodies have been in a pattern of struggle. For if we if we go back to the earlier conversation, a, a pattern of struggle where we've ignored something for so long, that um, it's going to take time for it to respond the way it needs to. It's not like uh, you know where you teach a child to do something, they start doing it, and then you move on to the next thing. Like our bodies have to respond to this um, help, and it takes time. So you know that's the one thing I've had to learn is to be patient, and it, it is frustrating. I have to I have to share, but I'm learning patience through the process. Mm-hmm. Um, of course, you know I've always been careful of our food, but I've had to change my food. Um, our diet even more, just, um, I've kind of backed off on any supplements that I was taking, only taking what I need because I want my body to respond the best to what I'm doing. Um, I've had to alleviate uh, stressors in my life, whether it's relational, um, work demands, um, seasonal things that I've really noticed are stressors to me and I've had to change them and be really firm about it. So that's something I've learned even more so can affect your hormones, believe it or not. Um, Oh, for sure. Yes. So, um, and then of course, really, really intentional, proactive decisions daily, which, you know, I think that sounds really general, but when you're working on hormone balance, it's really important to be proactive with, you know, caffeine avoidance and um, water intake and natural things that will help and things that will trigger hormone imbalance. So I think those are things that anyone seeing an integrative doctor begins reading about the hormones they're going to discover. There's a lot of proactive decisions that you need to make daily. Um, so it sounds, it sounds overwhelming. Um, but it's really just, uh, something that you have to see as this is new, this is my goal. And I'm going to do these things X, Y, Z until I feel well again. And, I do want to say that, you know, we talked about feeling like a strange in our bodies. We're never really going to feel like we used to. We're never going to be 20 again and have a super fast metabolism. Our metabolism, we have to acknowledge that in this conversation is definitely slowing down. It's changing, you know, from 40 on or even a little earlier. Uh, So I think it would be, we'd be naive to not, to think that we could feel 20 again. But, but, but it's important to remember we can feel well and, and that's my goal. So mentally and emotionally, physically, not just physically. Yes. Yes. 
You know, one of the greatest joys in my life right now is my relationship with my oldest daughter, and she's 12. She'll be 13 this summer. We're going to have a teenager in the house, September. (laughs) How many times have you done the entrance into the teens? Oh, how many, (laughs) many times? Oh, man. It is, and... I'm just, you know, it's so funny. I was a mom. I was a preschool teacher for 10 years prior to becoming a mother. And so that was my age. That was like, I always say like my forte, like, you know, zero to six. And I I was so confident entering motherhood because babies didn't scare me. It was the flip opposite. I was just so thrilled, you know, to to have a newborn. So those, those early years, as hard as they were, as hard as it is, it... They were a joy, but I also feared in some senses going into the tween and teens because I didn't feel equipped. And God has shown me shown me his beautiful mercy and his beautiful grace in training us up as moms, you know, like as we come towards that, that we don't have to be afraid of that new stage of life coming up. And, and having gone through so much myself as a teen and a tween and in early adolescence, um, I felt nervous that I wouldn't be able to help my daughter walk through it well because I didn't in some ways right walk through it well but now to see this relationship blossoming and to have a daughter who will pray for me and that I can pray with I mean it's just something so special and she's going through all these hormonal changes and we've been able to have these incredible conversations and and she's so comfortable talking to me and I feel so blessed because I never thought it would be good edit and I don't know where that comes from is that just a lie from the enemy trying to dissuade us from putting our our full trust in in God you know but it has been a really sweet journey of just allowing her I guess maybe the the understanding that I've gained about this and having to pursue this and walk through it myself has given me the ability to be more compassionate and empathetic towards her and so in sharing that I'd love to ask you what you're doing with your daughters today you've already shared that you have pursued the hormone testing with them so that you can get some answers for them in that way but what are some of the other parts of that journey for you with your daughters um what are some of the things that you're doing currently or that you've done since becoming educated yourself that's really been helping them in their own journeys as well Yes. Well, you know, I'm all about motherhood. You know, I wrote a book on motherhood. So this is really near and dear to my heart. It's not just a, you know, a medical discussion. This is about womanhood and girlhood. And um, so a few things I've done is I have um, decided to help my daughters uh, be aware of how their bodies work more intricately instead of just this is going to happen at this age and then this will happen and this is what to expect. And even those things are even very uncommon discussions I have discovered in mother-daughter or even father-son relationships. Um, it's an awkward thing to talk about. So, and, but we're not, we're, you know, I talk to my kids just about, about everything, but this has brought a next level sensitivity to my girls and talking to them about understanding what's going on so they can also be aware. So that's been super encouraging to me to have them say, well, I think, I think I'm feeling off today because, 
you know, X, Y, Z, and they can actually say to me, they feel comfortable talking to me about it. They understand what's going on in their body instead of, oh, you know, like in the common world, it's just that time of month or something like that. I don't want that language to be something. No, like you're just being hormonal or, you know, it's just PMS, kind of just labeling it. Yes. Generically. That's what you're saying? Yeah. Yes. Yes. I, I want the discussion to be about the why and the how and what can we, and what can we do? And mom, this is how I'm feeling. And, and, and beyond that, like, let's talk about comfort and compassion. Like, I'm really sorry instead of, well, sorry, you're going through that right now, you know, or go get a heating pad or take an ibuprofen. Like I want it to be a discussion where I can say, well, it's obvious this is what's going on this month. Let's evaluate what was different. Um, why don't you go take a nap or maybe a good brisk walk would help and we'll make sure that we cut out some more X by sugars and caffeine or something like that. Like I'm able to have a little bit more personal relationship with them when it comes to things like that. It's not just, um, well, you're a girl and this is what it's like to be a girl. Uh, so that's that's been a nice um, benefit. I'm actually, God has instilled in me more compassion and more personal connection on that level. Uh, also, you know, I really have worked hard with all of my girls. Uh, my oldest is, I think, 28, and my youngest is 11, to celebrate womanhood and to celebrate what it means to be a girl. So we have some special things that I do with them when they, you know, are 10, 11, 12 in preparation and conversations, we take a trip away, but it's really kind of opened up some opportunities to um, talk about things on a day-to-day basis. So I think that helping our next generation of females, women, girls, understand how their body works and what it's doing and open up the conversation is a huge gift to them. Like no one, I didn't have that. And maybe you didn't either. I don't know. But um, I just feel like that, yes, it's awkward to talk about these things. Is it hard? Yes. Is it hard for teens to even understand how important this is? Yes. But I think we can make it relatable and interesting and it actually helps them long run. They can, it gives them something to identify with and understand in their mind that's, oh, this is why my body is doing this. This is why my skin is breaking out. This is why I'm feeling sad today, even though I really, when mom asks me what's wrong and I'm like, I don't know, I'm fine, but I'm crying. I can, I can one, trust her, you know, with knowing, okay, I understand why you're crying. And instead of, you know, being a well, you need to stop crying. Nothing's wrong. So I feel like there's so many levels on a personal uh, relationship when it comes to our daughters that uh, can be so beneficial and helpful to them and to us. Absolutely. Absolutely. This is so encouraging for so many mothers because as you just said, I do think that there are so many mother-daughter relationships that don't have this freedom. And there's lots of reasons for that. Um, but I think that being willing to open up the conversation, to start it and to be, I guess, kind of frank with our girls and just saying, Hey, you know what? No question is off the table. Like you have full freedom with me to, to ask any question. I'm not going to be shocked I'm not going to be upset or disgusted. I just, you are totally free to share anything with me. Um, 
I've seen the fruit of that in my my own relationship with my oldest daughter and that she's, hey, mom, can we talk? Hey, mom, can we chat? And I think that is one of the greatest blessings. And it gives them such a sense of security and freedom as they're navigating through all of these up and down emotions and 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 hormonal imbalance and I mean there's so much development going on in their bodies during this time of life right and even um later on you know after the birth of a first baby second baby there is so much imbalance that can happen in those years and when we prepare them for this time by letting them have full free open conversation they're just going to they're not going their world isn't going to be rocked by it maybe the way that we've experienced right yeah 100% i feel uh that everything that you just said is exactly how we can view our motherhood we can view it as an opportunity a lot of i've had other even close friends of mine share that i just don't know how to talk to my girls about these things you know whether it's um hormones or sex or their bodies changing or birth and mother they and I and I think the deepest question is how would we have wanted um, and not wanted because even as a teen I think I would have been mortified if someone who my mom or someone had had this discussion with me frankly but if it becomes like a lifestyle of awareness and open discussion and trust I think it's really a game yeah. a game changer so um yeah I think that's exactly it. It's making it, it's normalizing it. It's allowing it to be a normal conversation and not something that feels taboo or feels like unknown territory. Um, oh, I'm so encouraged by your motherhood, September. I'm encouraged by so many parts of, of uh, just what I see online. And even though that's just like a little speck of life that we share online, I still feel like you're so missional in, in the way that you exist in that space. And I wish we lived closer. I wish we could have this conversation in person. <laughs> it would be so wonderful. And I hope that I hope that other moms will have the conversation like we are right now, just with one another after this and maybe, you know, get their daughters together and just you know, have these conversations because it really is, this is, I think what you and I began our conversation with where we weren't aware, we didn't know, no one ever told us and like that can all be avoided. And it just gives me hope that, that there is a place for this conversation and that it's wholesome. It's not a shaming conversation. It's not embarrassing. Um, so, but thank you. Thank you for sharing that. I just, I'm so passionate about this now just because I can see already the changes it's making in our family and the generations. So what's some of the, what are some of the, um, results that you've, um, been encountering by your being willing to share and open up online just in that community are you finding women are comfortable messaging and saying hey like I've been struggling with this too and and opening up with their stories do you find that women are feeling free to talk about it more Mm -hmm. people women have messaged me um and I have actually haven't talked about it in a little bit um but when I put it out initially message after message after message rolled in and I am so sad. I actually sat and reread a message one time with tears in my eyes a couple times because this, um, this message that I received was common. Uh, multiple people had sent the same type of message that said, 
thank you for telling me this. My mom, and this was a, something many women had shared in private message with me. My mom refuses to talk about this and she's in the middle of menopause herself and I can see her going through it and she won't talk to me. We've never talked about anything related to womanhood. She said, and I, it hurts me to see her going through this alone, but it comes from a generation of shame and embarrassment. Um, and you talking about it is new to me. Like I'm not used to it, but everyone says, I'm so glad you're talking about it because I need this. And, you know, most of the things I shared just because they're things that I needed. Um, and I now want other women to find hope and encouragement in that. So I, the conversation is, is needed and women are very open to it and they want to talk about it. Yeah. Yeah. That's encouraging. And yeah, it's hard to hear that, but it also, I think it's a good reminder for us that the conversation, the conversation starts with us and our willingness to enter into it. Yeah. Yeah. Can you share with me three of your biggest blessings during this current season of life? I know you just recently welcomed a new grandbaby. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And so I'm guessing that's going to be one, but share three, three of your biggest blessings right yes. now during this, this current season of your life. So during this current season of my life, my husband and I have been married um, almost 33 years. And now that my hormones are balancing out, and I really don't say this lately in joking mode, although it sounds like I am, we are in a, a season of, we are truly in love. And it's a huge blessing to me. I'm seeing above the noise and busyness of motherhood for the first time, probably in well, my oldest is 30. So this is a huge, I'm like seeing my husband with new eyes, um, healthy, whole, whole physical um, eyes on my part, and also not through the eyes of motherhood. And it's just a huge blessing to both of us. Uh, my second blessing, of course, is a new grandbaby that was born. And then in the past year, my daughter who was in the process and her husband of adopting three of our grandchildren, they have been formally adopted. So now um, we have three extra grandchildren that have been with our family for a while, but that, that was a huge blessing. And of course, um, the last, which is four biggest blessings of my life would be that um, I've had a prayer request that I have been taking before the Lord for a really long time. And I feel like the Lord is giving me breakthrough in that and um, wisdom and so that's a huge blessing as well when we can see and know that that God is in control. Oh, amen. Amen. Yeah, just keep those blessings coming, Lord. Yeah. <laughs> that's right. Thank you for asking that. Yeah. Oh, I love I'm I'm excited about um you know, just getting to continue this conversation and to continue seeing the way that God is using you in the lives of, of other women and in your family. Can you just share with us where women who are listening right now can connect with you? So I'm carrying on this conversation continually more on my Instagram account. And so that is September Ann with an E at the end. And then from there, all of my other links are there, my, my blog, my website, my shop, my speaking schedule, things like that. But I use um, Instagram the most for my communicating online. Um, I haven't found other platforms to be quite as kind. So that is my main place. And I'd love to have someone pop over there and say hi that they heard this episode and, and um, that you introduced us. Yes, yes. 
Okay. Well, have a wonderful rest of the day. I'm so thankful. Can't wait to share this with our listeners. Thanks, September, so much. Thank you. If you have symptoms that are making you feel like a stranger in your own body or you're losing hope that a solution exists for your weight gain, your uh, menstrual cycle irregularity, mood swings, exhaustion, etc., um, ask your trusted GP or integrated health professional to help you get started um, in having your hormone levels tested. You will not regret it. There's help and always hope for healing and restored health. Please, please feel free to reach out to September or myself as well if you want to share your own story or ask a question or just connect. Um, and also, please consider sharing this episode with a friend because you really, truly never know who in your life may need to pursue getting um help with um, balancing hormones. Our bodies have been made so uniquely and intricately um, and they need a lot of care. Since chatting with September, I've been thinking about what we um, were talking about as a a personal struggle, you know, being a long sufferer. (laughs) I don't want to be like that um, anymore when it comes to my health especially and Maybe you need to do a better job at taking care of yourself too. So let's keep working towards that goal together, shall we? Thanks for listening in today, friends. Keep your eyes on Jesus and remember whose you are. And you won't question who you are. The world tells us that we need to find out who we are. And many run on an endless pursuit to do so. But God, God says, I am I am yours and you are mine. And that's enough. Isn't that great news? Thanks again for joining me here today. I will see you back here again very soon.